What's up, y'all? Welcome to Better on the Inside, a podcast about working for a church without losing your soul. But really, it's about dealing with the church without losing your soul. I'm John. I am your digital pastor and host for this experience. And my guest today is Jason Kirk from the Internet's only college football podcast, Shutdown Fullcast. But he also does vacation Bible school for the Sunday school dropouts, as he self-describes himself. And he is just a really cool dude. And Jason is in a different place with his faith, kind of left the traditional church and stands on the outside of the institutional church, certainly, but still maintains and retains a certain spirituality. And so I love Jason because he's very challenging and he's going to challenge your perspective on a lot of the things that as we think about church, maybe you kind of take for granted or maybe you've never questioned or challenged. And sometimes for this show, to make things better on the inside, we really do have to ask folks who have left uh, the institutional church, the organizational church, and talk to them about their experience, hear their story, bear witness to it, give it weight, and listen to some of what they have to say. Because a lot of what Jason experienced as part of Christianity, as part of faith, was very political and very connected to some things that aren't really connected to Jesus if we're keeping it 100. And so Jason really explores that, and he has some some good advice, I think, for anyone to listen to. And I think his perspective is valuable. Um, just just to hear his story, man. Plus, he's a wonderful guy and absolutely hilarious. Definitely grew up in church youth group, uh, SBC. He's got a lot of great stories and he just tells it like it is. And so he's somebody that I value tremendously. Hey, you can find him at the Jason Kirk on Twitter, also at jasonkirk.fyi for his newsletter. But he's got a link tree, right? Link tre dot ee slash jason kirk that's the way you can find him and i'll put the link in the show notes and everything so you can check out what he's doing as always if you like this podcast subscribe to it rate it five stars that'd be helpful with other people finding it and if you want to continue to be a part of this community and continue the conversation go to facebook.com slash groups slash better on the inside and keep the conversation going there i mean I ask everybody what their non-judgment zone of joy moment is, and we get to do that every Monday. It's a really awesome thing that we do, and I want you to be able to share where you found joy because joy is such a big part of everything we're doing. Y'all, I cannot tell you enough about how appreciative I am for everybody that listens to this and everybody that shares a little bit of their experience in this, and I don't know. I'm just thankful and grateful for you. And I hope you will appreciate Jason and everything that he has to say. What's up, y'all? Welcome to Better on the Inside. I am here with my dude, Jason Kirk, from my favorite podcast, Shutdown Fullcast. And he's been hanging out. Jason, how you doing? Hey, what's up, John? How you doing? Good, man. And one of the things that appeals to me about Jason, he also has the Vacation Bible School podcast, of which I have a limited edition wonderful sticker support them on patreon um but jason you know often talks and is a is a bit of a biblical scholar but has a complex history with the church do you think that's a fair way to say it yeah i'd say so (laughs) (laughs) yeah well i mean who doesn't really you know if if you if your if your personal history with the church is is uh is very simple then um that in and of itself is complex (laughs) a to the man. But Jason and I have had a conversation. We've talked and I just, I love his perspective about some church hurt and what the church really is getting wrong and what the, specifically maybe the SBC um, has done to kind of push folks away and, and all of that good stuff. 
And so, Jason, uh, you grew up going to church. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it sounds like not just like church, but like church. Church industrial complex. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, I grew up uh, Southern Baptist, Metro Atlanta, in, in and around Atlanta, um, and was a you know, three, four, five, six, seven times a week church attendee um, who also had, you know, all of the political indoctrination baked in, um, all the conservative political indoctrination to be very clear in case anyone doesn't know what Southern Baptist Convention is. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, was completely about it. Um, attended public school most of the way. And uh you know, while being convinced that like public school is like the, uh, the, the devil's nesting ground, um, yeah. where, you know, <laughs> yeah, the groomer thing isn't new, right? That was oh, where you no. were being groomed to be yeah. a soldier of Satan. There is, there is nothing that the current right wing, um, politician or, or media or whatever, uh, says that is new. Like all of it is at very least 40 years old. Um, <laughs> And yeah, uh, just can't, you know, mainly in high school came to realize most, you know, most of the things I was being told about people who were outside of our group, um, that those things were inaccurate, you know, like Mm. making friends outside of our group, whether it's religion, um, whether it's LGBTQ people, um, whether it's people of different ethnicities, um, which, you know, going to a diverse high school is that, that, that was very beneficial for your boy. Yeah. (laughs) Serious. Um, so yeah, just just broadening my, broadening my uh, horizons in high school. Just that was one of many footholds out of evangelicalism. And then, honestly, right after high school was sort of when I realized, like, okay, so the reason I was so into that stuff was not so much the politics that, like, I never really like. I I can't look back on a time in my life where I was like, I actually endorsed and embraced mm. the politics of it you know right it was just, that all that stuff is just stuff you kind of feel like you have to go along with um right. but like I, I sort of just looked up one day and realized like i was so into it because i was scared of hell and because i had a lot of fun with like my like the youth group the the weird kids at youth group i went yeah. to, i went to i mostly went to mega churches so i knew you know we had huge huge youth groups right. where like the 20 weird kids can all find each other um <laughs> <laughs> which like i i love mega churches for that reason like yeah. yeah there's a lot of bad things about mega churches but like if you're gonna grow up evangelical you want it the uh the most pos- the highest possible number of fellow weird kids you can grow up with i think <laughs> oh man yeah um so yeah and then and then sort of realizing like all right now we're all splitting up we're going to different colleges and i don't think i believe in hell anymore mm. everything fell away from that point yeah yeah (laughs) well if that's your if that's your main motivation the fear right and if fear is the central tenet of your religious practice if you lose the fear what is there left right there's there's not a lot to continue practicing the kind of liturgy of the uber conservative southern baptist arm and something that i didn't really understand until i had visited like Atlanta and the suburbs around Atlanta is that it is a very diverse place. And so to have like such a stranglehold in some of these communities that is, I mean, racist and like not interested in integration at all was so weird. And so the idea that you went to a diverse high school, like 
you really saw the real world, not the world as it was presented in this, I don't know, myopic view. Yeah. Like it, 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 I remember even noticing it as a kid, like I go to school and it's half white, right? Yeah. (laughs) And I go to church. It's all white. Something is off here. Yeah. This doesn't doesn't happen unless it's by design, right? Like it's a great point. And like, you know, these buildings are 10 minutes apart, right? Mm. (laughs) Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's the same community. Yeah. And yeah, like in somewhere hindsight, there's an invisible line somewhere. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh man, that, I mean, that's intense. And so as you go off to college and you're kind of at the place where you're like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not into this. Like what kind of freedom did you experience when you were in college and, and kind of living differently? <sighs> um, it's hard to say, like in hindsight, that stuff, like, you know, you can like disavow certain beliefs and you can say like, I'm no longer scared of this. I'm no longer scared of that. But like, it just clings and lingers for so, so long, you know, Mm. like I, I sort of, I did my little like revolt where like, I sort of talk like a Reddit atheist. I've never, (laughs) I've never considered myself an atheist, even like, like my angriest, you know, like, yeah it was more apathy was like mm. the farthest I got from religion. Um, of which that lasted for like a decade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, there was a lot of anger and bitterness that I did not perceive as anger and bitterness. You know, it, right. it was just like, I just wanted to bury it all and be done with it and never think about it ever again. Um, so I thought, and, <laughs> and like, I never did the big, um, the big dramatic, like pastor's, kid rebellion you know like mm. like and I, I, I never got into parties and stuff i got i got married young that's another evangelical thing yeah um, which honestly i was probably for the best <laughs> yeah emily seems pretty <laughs> awesome yeah she's great and uh you know a, a kid who is like determined to like burn down everything they grew up on that can go pretty bad you know yeah so like that's if I'm, true if i'm already old so, you know just a couple years after high school the Okay, that eliminates the uh, <laughs> yeah. a lot of the dangers there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But you said something like what you're talking about is really interesting about indoctrination, about how hard it is to leave some of this stuff behind because you you don't just walk out the door and it's gone. Like there's a part of it that's still with you and you have to like really, really, I mean, the term now is deconstruction, but you have to really, really consider your beliefs and kind of unpack them one by one in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. And I sort of, um, you know, for a long time, I just sort of set all the stuff aside and didn't want to reckon with it or wrestle with it or any of that. And eventually came to realize, which is sort of the thing that led to VBS and led to me talking about this stuff publicly is just realizing like, nah, that's, that's like the, the, the framework of who I am. Yeah. Um, and you can just leave the stuff buried or you can reconstitute it. And, mm. and like, you know, part of deconstructing is reconstructing and whether that reemerges as like believing a new version of the thing you believed before or not believing in anything at all. Yeah. You gotta, you, you know, you gotta reckon with, with what's there. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it's a great way to put it. And some of what you're just, some of what you're talking about is just this, this, um, you have, uh, apathy. Sorry, uh, I got lost, but apathy is like actually the rebellion. 
Because when you're in this like fervent circle of like, we're going to tell people about Jesus and we're going to leave tracks after whatever and we're going to do sword drills and we're going to blah, 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 blah. Like apathy is the perfect rebellion because it's just like, I'm not even a combative atheist. Like I, <laughs> yeah. we, you can't even send me God's not dead on DVD and expect me to change. Like I'm just, not, I'm, I'm just seeing yeah, what's yeah. happening. Was it, uh, was it Luther who said, if I'm going to sin, I'm going to send my heart out. Right. Like yeah. <laughs> that is, that is pastor's kid mindset. Right. Yes. It's like, this is my, this is my prodigal son phase. I'm going to give it all I got. And then I'm going to come scurrying back. Right. Whereas right. Like, the ultimate rebellion is like, you don't even bother me enough to make me rebel, which is yeah. <laughs> itself in very deep denial. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's so good though. I'm sure it drove people crazy. Yeah. Still. Yeah. Yeah. yeah as, well, as my um, various rebellions have like become, you know, have, have come full circle to where it's like, yeah, I read the Bible like more than most church going Christians and um, yeah. think about it like far more and all that stuff. Like, yeah, I'm sure this is more obnoxious than that was. And like some of my relatives are more like, why don't you go back to when you just didn't talk about this stuff at all? You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was it like with your family though? Like I, that family part is kind of hard. Uh, it's hard to like represent and quali like quantify like the, the change in the family dynamic because all of this is so baked into all that. So what was it like with your family? Yeah, it's uh it's been a lot. Um, I'm fortunate that like Emily's family is, um, you know, uh, almost all of her family is, is open-minded. Like there's a couple pastors of, um, of mainline denominations in there, you know, uh, like yeah. they're, they're open-minded about all this stuff and that's good, which <laughs> a lot of my extended family is, is not quite the same. Uh, the, the 2016 election, uh, severed numerous, uh, relationships, Ooh, baby. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that was a thing. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, that that's uh, sort of been the vibe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I remember in the uh, Christmas uh, talking about, I don't know, Thanksgiving episode of the full cast where you talked about recipes and things like that, that uh, some of her, her cooking comes from those like mainline denomination potlucks, like Episcopalian or Methodist. I can't remember which one it was, but uh, it yeah, made, yeah. that's what it made me think of. Yeah. Very, very, um, big, wholesome, welcoming family type situation. Whereas we're going to be more, you know, Zaxby's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, they just built the Zaxby's in San Antonio. So oh, Zaxby's no. is, Zaxby's is expanding. We just got a Whataburger. So there's, we just, Whoa! I think we, we won that trade. I'll tell you that. That's a cultural exchange right there. Yeah. That's like that's like when mayors like exchange the part of their city <laughs> yeah. and they're just like, "Hey, here you go." Yeah. Uh, yeah, Whataburger is pretty good. It's it's not in and out, but we're not going to go there because that could uh that could fracture all yeah, of the You're wearing a USC shirt, so I, I know the, where the uh, in and out discussion will go. So <laughs> Yeah. Well, but I think we talked about how fast food is like 90% nostalgia. Yes. Like it's yeah. it's it's just it's what you grew up on and it's what you remember and it's how it's it's in some ways it's a religion, right? Like yeah. it's a practice that you did a lot as a kid that you remember. Yeah, like I'll, I'll openly acknowledge and, and admit that Waffle House is not as good as I think it is, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's but fine. Yeah, but there's something when the nostalgia is in the taste. Like you can taste the nostalgia. It's, sure. it's different. Sure. Yeah. 
Oh, that's funny. But I, I guess in a lot of ways, church is kind of like that. And so now are you like, are you someone who's like, Hey, I'm like shopping for a church and figuring it out. Or are you on like more of a spirituality path? Like stay away from organized religion. <laughs> uh, that's, that's a pretty big spectrum. So I, yeah. you know, that's, that's hard to. There have been a few moments in the past couple of years where I've thought like I could visit a Unitarian Universalist church. There's, you know, the, the, yeah. the, the local, um, or I could visit like the nearest, um, Methodist church that has a woman pastor and is not going along with the homophobic wing of the method, you know, the Methodist yeah. church. Like, yeah. um, I have thought that like, if there's an Orthodox church that it, it, like the, the, the orthos have, there's been a, like a lot of online conservatism in, mm. you know, among them. Um, if there happened to be a liberal one nearby, I would probably check it out. But like in terms of like my religiosity, like I don't, most Christians would not call me a Christian and mm. I'm cool with that. Like it doesn't yeah. really bother me. Um, I have my definitions of Christianity that are absolutely nothing like what they, I grew up on. Um, sure. It's, it's, it's far less spiritual. It's far less about individual salvation. Um, when I read the gospel, I don't see souls and individual salvation i certainly don't see damnation except for rich people um yeah. <laughs> I, I see i see a lot of politics and i see a lot of liberation theology i see a lot of collective salvation um i honestly if i had to like pick a you know religion and just go for yeah. it i would probably just convert to judaism because mm. like it makes sense right it's yeah. just it's to, to act like this Right. Right. <laughs> find, right. you know, like the, the ethic of it, which Jesus pronounced and followed was like, find the person who is um, um, at the bottom of society and stand with them. Right. That's mm. simple. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's really pretty easy. Simple. And otherwise, you know, don't hurt anybody. Right. Yeah. And then like I compare that to what I grew up on, which is like 18,000 different versions of how to pray a salvation prayer and like yeah. seven overlapping <laughs> atonement theories. And like you, you, you're, you're, um, your, your faith versus works, but your, your yeah. uh, faith empowers your works. And are you saved by grace? Or are you saved by God wanting to give you grace? And are, are you um, can you do anything to affect that grace? Or is it, you know, and, and you can't, you know, but you have to uh, here's your moment to um, uh, make the grace happen. And you better do it now, right? you know. Just like this, yeah. this complicated, like just web of theology that adapts and morphs to whatever the moment calls, whatever's the most emotionally manipulative in the moment. Whew. Like that's what I perceive as almost all of the religion that has been bolted onto Christianity. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> you know? all of that church industrial complex, like the yes. evangelical, like that's the, and what you talked about is more complex than like the MCU multiverse timeline, right? Like the, <laughs> there's not like a clear thing and it's like the faith and works thing is a perfect example, right? I'm saved, I've saved by grace, uh, you know, through faith in Jesus and so that nobody could boast about their works. But if you don't have works, did you really believe in the first place? And, but no, we do believe that G nobody can take anybody from Jesus hand, no, no but, yeah. yeah, but, 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 but if you don't have fruit, then you don't actually you, believe. Yeah. We're never in the hand to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. And like, the thing is like, if, you know, if, if young Christians were taught that like, 
yeah, this is confusing. It's supposed to be, you're supposed to argue about it. The Bible, it's like half the New Testament is an argument about this, right? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Paul right. versus James, Paul versus Peter, Matthew versus John. Like yeah. the New Testament is constantly arguing about what does it mean to follow Jesus? And there are mm. multiple visions in there, multiple arguments. And they're coming from a tradition in which like, you know, the Hebrew Bible is a constant argument with itself, constant yeah. arguments about politics and religion. And um, what is the right form of this monotheism? Isn't even, is it even a monotheism at all? Yeah. Um, if, if young Christians were taught that it is good to argue about this stuff and it is good to, um, unless it hurts anyone disagree, hmm. Things would be a lot better. <laughs> Golly, you just hit upon something that's become like a constant refrain as I'm talking to different people about what the church can do better as an insider, right? Like I'm not here to fake the funk. Like I'm very much on the inside of all this, but the, the lack of curiosity yeah, and the importance of curiosity as like if the church could teach people to be curious about spiritual things, that would go a long way in getting rid of a lot of the red tape and nonsense. Yeah, I feel like I don't know if this was um, I don't know how common this is, this curiosity versus certainty takeaway, or if I've just happened to see it a ton recently like I, I felt like i sort of i mean I, I, it's not an original thought like a lot of sure. people have arrived at it but like it, it felt like the moment when i sort of realized that for myself suddenly i started seeing everyone saying it you know mm. <laughs> and mm. like there's so much to it like there's a reason so many people arrive at that is like how can you be certain about god that's hilarious mm. who do you think yeah you are, right like correct theology right what what? No such thing, right? How could you possibly know? And even the Bible itself says that, right? Who yes. knows the mind of God, right? Yes. So that's like, that's a very, tra that's a very traditional conservative position. Yes. My, my perfect systemic sound reform theology is based on the Bible, which says you don't understand anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which says right. The book of Job, Ecclesiastes, right? Like Psalms yeah. over and over and over. The Bible says, no, you are not smart enough to figure this stuff out. Yeah. Calvinist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take that. Take that sixth point. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so good, though. And it, the missing curiosity, though, I think is something that, and to your point, I'm seeing the convergence recently for whatever reason. Like, I'm just seeing curiosity pop up in a lot of, a lot of people I respect and a lot of things that I, you know, even someone like N.T. Wright, I saw, like, who's, tra who's traditionally pretty, like, conservative when it comes to that stuff, but like just seeing the curiosity pop up and I'm like, man, I feel like that is so right. And especially as I think about talking to younger people who have all this information, cause we're roughly the same age. And so we came up in the era of like, no information to hyper information, right? Of like <laughs> yeah. moving from Encyclopedia Britannica to modems where we could download every like song in the world. Um, you know, like Weezer's uh, Boys in the Hood cover that wasn't really Weezer, but you had it on yes, the Yes, okay, whatever. yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah but... Mislabeled, so like, mislabeled Alien Ant Farm era, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> that is a whole, whole vibe. But th there's so much information that I feel like there's a curiosity in younger folks that uh, re evangelicalism doesn't satisfy um, because it is so certain... 
but it's not clear. Like there's a certainty, yeah. but it's also not like, here's the thing we're certain about. Like, it's like, we're certain on this shifting web of, of knowledge. And so I think the curiosity point is just significant. Yeah. The only certainty is um, identity. Are you in our club? Then mm. we are certain that we like you, right? Like as for yeah. all the, you know, all of the universe and mysteries of the eternal, uh, yeah. the beyond reality and all that stuff. Just have no curiosity about that stuff because uh, we have invented a God who is both omnipotent and can be barred from public schools by the Supreme Court, right? <laughs> we've, we've invented a God who is, uh, you know, incredible, powerful, beyond belief, and is also constantly being defeated by Satan, right? Mm. Like, <laughs> mm. Man, okay, you, you're preaching a whole sermon right there, right? <laughs> like, that sounds... Like, it, yeah. It's a, it's a God that is uh, collapsible and expandable depending on what you need him to be in any given moment. Like I, yeah. the, um, what was it? It was like the 1996 Godzilla movie the, mm-hmm. with, uh, with uh, Puff Daddy on the soundtrack yeah. where yeah. In, in, that movie, yes. <laughs> in that movie, Godzilla is either bigger than a building or smaller than a bridge from scene to scene. Yeah. <laughs> if you pay attention to it, that is the evangelical God. Like if, mm. it, when you need him to be powerful, and and him, you have to say yeah. him. Um, sure. When you need evangelical God to be powerful, it's um, powerful beyond belief. When you need, when you feel picked on, God is suddenly a helpless little mascot who needs, you mm. know, <laughs> who needs your support. Yeah, I mean, Jason, that sounds curiously like an idol made in one's image. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah, just just so much like that. How okay? So how do you think? Like, and you don't have all the answers. I understand. How can folks like me, like pastors that are working in churches, folks that are volunteering in churches, folks that are still involved, how can we help people develop that curiosity wherever they are in their spiritual journey? I'm not sure how realistic it is. Um, And obviously it would depend on the church, depend on the denomination. Um, But an honesty for me, the the thing that jumps out is an honesty about the Bible. Um, Mm. Like, I know not every denomination treats it as if it is this, like, um, weapon <laughs> that can oh. just be thumped down on a table to solve every argument. Yeah. Um, but still, even even denominations that are more based on tradition and based on interpretation, still, just the simple fact of showing that, like, look, the four Gospels are written by four different people. We don't know who uh, multiple of them are. Let's put it that way. Uh, yeah. They all have different agendas with, and different influences. Um just that alone opens minds and like mm. showing that it is cool that these things conflict. Let's talk about what the conflicts mean, you know, just yeah. like showing like young people, like it's okay to question it. It's okay to, um, to realize that, you know, the book of Genesis, yeah, it's written as, um, poetry, mythology, folklore, right. historical fiction. Um, it, it, you know, uh, it includes every genre, it's okay to tell young people that, right? Yeah. It's and it sort of disarms this like one thing, you know, mm. one of one of many reasons to sort of step away and sort of, you know, resent all of it is like yeah. I was told I had to believe all these lies about, you mm. know, about the Bible. Well, what yeah. if you weren't? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Right right there right. That, that disarms one reason to step away with resentment, you know. Right. So, I and- mean, I I think that is the first thing I would push for. <laughs> If I were, if some church made a gigantic mistake and like hired me to do anything, 
on premises, the first thing I would push for is just stop lying to these kids about the Bible, man. Yeah, that's awesome, though. Uh, and I say that because in your neck of the woods, right in in the Atlanta area, good old Andy Stanley got in a lot of trouble for oh, unhi- yeah. Yeah. unhitching the Old Testament from the New Testament and and biblical inerrancy and challenging the idea of like, we don't need kids to believe all this. Like, we don't need people to believe all this. Just have them believe in the eyewitness accounts of Jesus, right? That was his his basic piece, which sounds pretty similar, but he, I mean, he got lit up. Oh, for yeah. That. Oh, yeah. Lit up, which is crazy. And it's like, Charles Stanley's boy is gone liberal. And it's like, <laughs> what? Like, what? Like, he's, n- and he's not liberal by any stretch of, uh, of like your, your matrix, except, like you said, when the rigidity calls for it, right? When the yeah. rigidity rejects somebody who's, who's pretty, of the tribe. And so yeah. I think that's a really interesting point about the complexity of the Bible and any seminary student, anybody who's gone to seminary, even a very conservative seminary, I think would agree with like every point that you made. Um, not too long ago, we had Dr. Sam Juan on and Sam Juan was talking, he's an old Testament professor was talking about how understanding all of the literary genres that are in the old Testament is crucial to understanding it. Because you can understand Song of Solomon like a narrative, right? You can't understand the sarcastic, like the, of the prophets, the sarcasm or the play that's within some of the prophets the same way that you would Jacob's story. And so yeah. I think, I think it's a really good point. You might be getting a job out of this, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like, think about how much effort Christians have put into defending God's behavior in the book of Job. Mm. You don't have to. It's right. not a historical story. <laughs> right. It's a it's a thought experiment. It is a fairy tale. It is there's theology in it, but you don't have to sit why did God do this in the year whatever? It's it doesn't have a year. It's not set during yeah. the reign of whatever king because it didn't happen. <laughs> mm. Mm. Like it, that's it's it's so much easier to wrestle with if it's just a story. <laughs> yeah. And it's okay that it's just a story. Yeah. And it's still the points that it teaches are just as valid. As if it were a historical document. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I think the other thing um, is there are churches where there are denominations where as it's a natural thing, as young people um, get distracted, get busy, lose interest, whatever the case may be, if they have a political backbone to what they believed – they could grow up and say, okay, I don't go to church anymore, but I still care about poor people because we were mm. taught that was the main thing, right? Mm. Like, I, I feel like I, I've heard of, you know, numerous lapsed Catholics who still have a heart for the poor, to use a very churchy term. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, that is a thing, thing. Whereas in evangelicalism, what is the political backbone that you're given? Resentment, right? Mm. <laughs> like, okay, I don't, I don't need any, you know, theological underpinning for that like there was a um a a christianity today wrote about it a few days ago a thing that whenever people leave the white evangelical church they keep the political beliefs all they do is they start smoking weed more they act exactly (laughs) from conservative to libertarian yeah (laughs) yes exactly they probably get into crypto but yeah they only change if you leave white evangelicalism and you don't actually reassess and reckon and wrestle is maybe you take up weed and like if that is all the political underpinning that you are walking away with like that is so sad and weak and empty if all you got 
was that there are people who are different from you and you should be mad at them all the time. Mm. <laughs> like <laughs> what yeah. a waste. All the, you know, all those hours in church and that's, that's what you're hanging on to. So yeah. like, I don't know. I, I think it's, it's uh, obviously a lot to ask, but churches that <laughs> explore what the politics of the Bible, the scriptures, the gospel, the Torah actually say, you know, which is just over and over and over undeniably. And again, it goes back to being honest about what's in the Bible, right. supporting the poor, the immigrant, the widow, the orphan is like, it's the main thing. It's just the yeah. main thing. It's taking up that cause. And that political part is so interesting because as a pastor, part of what I've seen is that political bent of very conservative thought, aggressive bullying, right? Um, thought, um, and has so like congealed into evangelicalism that it is almost indistinguishable for some people. Some mm -hmm. people can't see it. Like they, they can't see it. And there's people that I talk to all the time who are reasonable, wise, wonderful people who I talk to that believe in the most insane conspiracy theories I've ever heard in my life. And it's because this idea of the religion is actually the politics and it's not actually the theology, right? It's like you got rid of the theology and substituted the philosophy of, I don't even know what to call it because it's not even conservative in some ways, but it's wild. So it's wild to see how this amalgamation is like becoming a civic religion, basically. Yeah. Well, I think it's like once you take the gospel slash Torah that, you know, are about welcoming people into the group and you turn that into excluding people who aren't already in the group, that's it. Hmm. That's the like, and it's been happening for, you know, it's, it's not just an evangelical thing. Like, it's been happening for uh, over a thousand years now, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, like you, you read Catholic church history and you see this over and over and over and over and over from the crusades to colonialism to, you know, mm. and, all, and before that stamping out heresies, like to taking this, this story, this collection of stories that are all about expanding the group and turning it into excluding people from the group. It, it yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it goes bad. Yeah. It, it goes great for the people in charge of the group, but that's it. Sure. Well, and the idea of what Jesus taught as the religion of power is just so like, it could not be more anachronistic or opposite of what Jesus talked about. Like, I don't understand how anybody can read their Bible and be like, Jesus wants us to rule over people. Right. Like, I, like, I just, I don't get how you could actually read the text and get that. I yeah. don't understand it. It's a tortured reading, right? When you yeah. go from when you go from like, you know, Exodus, right? There's there's nothing it, it, there's not yeah. a pro pharaoh story. <laughs> yeah, no. Right? And no. and it's reiterated over and over and over. The pharaoh is the you know, when the prophets yeah. talk about the Exodus, they don't say, "Oh, it would have been cool to stay there and uh, help the pharaoh become more yeah. powerful," right? Pharaoh like, had some good points, guys. Let's right, not throw right. the baby out with the bathwater. <laughs> back to blue that didn't there's not a lot of that yeah. in Exodus. <laughs> like it is never said like moses should have uh should have been a a, a a good king you know a very mm. powerful king and you know moses like like yeah there's militarism in there but like sure. the, the, the overall consistent ethic is you know 
rejecting earthly power, right? Mm. And then, like, Jesus' message, I would say it couldn't be clearer, but apparently it could. <laughs> when, you know, when I see like literally the first sermon preached in the uh, in the in the like composite story is um, Jesus's mother saying, "Strike down the powerful and starve yeah. the rich." I don't mm. know how much clearer it could possibly be. When the Book of Revelation over and over and over says empires are bad and antichrist, yeah. like mm. I guess it could have been clearer. I don't. <laughs> yeah, but like a, a an unwed, pregnant, fifteen year old brown girl. Mm-hmm. Talking about overthrowing the Roman Empire, mm-hmm. uh, like in very like literal terms in a song, like very not she's not mincing words nope. um, <laughs> at all. And your takeaway is like, what if we were more like? <laughs> but it could work maybe Pilot had the right idea. Yeah, yeah. I, speaking of Inti, right? One of my favorite things he says is, uh, "If Jesus is Lord, then Rome is not." And mm. Rome, like. Yeah, you know, Babylon is the metaphor for Rome, which means Rome is, you know, a metaphor for America. Like if if America is in the book of Revelation, it is not the bride. Mm. It is Babylon, right? Mm. Like there will always be an empire. There has always been an empire. Like this is another theme of the Bible. The Egyptians, the Assyrians, the Romans, the Babylonians. There is always an empire and it is always difficult to oppose an empire. And you should. (laughs) And that's it, man. Okay. You kind of just blew my mind for a second because I hadn't thought about this until right now. And part of what I love is discovering why I love talking to people. (laughs) Being handed over to an empire was a sign of judgment. And for Israel, it was like, if you guys don't get your act together, the Babylonians are going to come and they're going to wipe you guys out. And, you know, and at this point, there's a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. And, you know, the northern kingdom gets wiped out. And, like, God's like, see, I told you I was going to do it. I'm going to hand you over to these empires, these evil empires. And so the idea of empire is judgment. Um, I I don't know if I'm ready to speak out loud the, (laughs) the, the implications for the American church right now and American evangelicalism. But... Man, that is something that I'm going to think about for a if long If you are time. so subjugated and so absorbed into empire that you are indistinguishable from empire, then you ha- you know, that is anti-Christ. Mm. And that is anti-Torah. Like, mm. it, that's the theme. That's the entire theme. It's like, you know, the, the, it, half the Torah is about you should be distinct from the empire. You should yeah. be different, right? Yeah. You should live different. And we're told to be in the world, not of it. We hear that a million times in church. And then what yeah. do we do? <laughs> no, right. Try to rule the world. <laughs> yeah. That's- what if we, it's, it's the Tobias <laughs> meme over and over of like, what if we changed the world? And right. Like, right. surely, and, yeah, surely yeah. that's how it'll go. Yeah. It'll work for us. Has it ever worked for anybody? No, but nope. maybe it'll work for us. Oh, <laughs> um, man. Jason, that's heavy though. That's like a significant thought that I don't know that a lot of folks have really like wrestled with. I do talk to a lot of people though, that have something in them that I think you might've put words to. And in our church context, I talk to folks that are, that are not always young, by the way, that are oftentimes in their sixties, seventies, fifties, but they've, they're paying attention. Um, and they're going, this is, there's something not right. And I think you've put a lot of words to what they're talking about. Um, of 
rejecting this idea of empire and empire is antichrist and and the anti right quote is perfect right jesus is lord which means rome is not that is that's that is a distillation of what a tension that a lot of people are living in right now and i think that sort of approach it gives you something to hold on to if you don't have faith right like faith is a lot of things. Some people have it, some people don't. I, I've literally never even understood what it is, let alone if yeah. I have it, right? And this is like Spike spending thousands and thousands of hours in church and thinking about this stuff every day. I have no clue what it's like to have faith. I don't know. Mm. Like, does that mean being convinced of something about God? Because yeah. sometimes I am and sometimes I'm not. Does it mean mm. um, affirming it whether you are convinced or not? I don't know. I yeah. have no clue what faith is. When people say they yeah. have faith, I'm I'm happy for you. <laughs> but if you have like if you have like philosophical and political takeaways from this stuff, then what what does it matter if you have faith or not? Right? Mm-hmm. Like um really, what is literally what does it matter? <laughs> right? Yeah. Like if yeah. this stuff makes you a better person, but you don't know what you're convinced of about what happens on the other side of eternity. Okay. Yeah. How's that a problem? Hmm. 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 Okay. I'm going to think about that one, man. That's good stuff. That's really good stuff. Do you have any more advice for the church? Anything you want to share with people, (laughs) people that may be on their journey right now. And they're like, Hey, I kind of like what this guy's spitting or people who are like, Oh, this is a heretic. Like what? Yeah. I'd be curious what you would share, (laughs) what you would share with them. If you have uh, any other thoughts. Yeah, you got to get rid of Hillsong, bring back Tooth and Nail Records, first of all. Woo! Um, we, 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 like, your music is homogenous. It's exactly uh, as, as homogenous as it was in like the 1940s and 50s. You mm. got to bring back um, Christian death metal and Christian punk rock. Um, yes. You, you, just, you just have to. I'm sorry. Whether you like it or not. Uh, that, that was the golden era of... Uh, yeah. of of Christian music <laughs> and like, <laughs> and like, not only was it like, Oh my God, someone is talking to me and someone I'm a la- There are things that I actually like that I am allowed to like. And like, I don't have to be one kind of religious person. Not only that, but like, we, you know, when those people leave the church, they give some of us avenues out. Actually, I shouldn't say that part. I'm giving advice yeah. to the church. Never mind. Yeah. They, they won't, they won't leave. They'll keep us in. They'll keep us in. That's right. <laughs> locked in. Yeah. But like, slick, yeah, man, slick I, shoes and MXPX are going to keep us <laughs> devoted to the cause. That's right. Yeah. When, uh, when under oath is there, they still go to church. I'm sure of it. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> man, that is so good. Jason, that is so good. Thank you so much for doing this. We have one segment left and it's the only thing we do every single time. And it is the non judgment zone of joy. And this is a segment where I just ask literally people what's bringing you joy right now. And the answers range from, I give my guy Robbie all the time. He just got married and he's like my wife. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, cool. We get it. We know that you love your wife. Uh, to other people being like, I like Ozark a lot. That's amazing. And so it, it's a whole uh, spectrum of joy. So I will ask you, but I sing the theme song myself. And we still haven't gotten the full theme song, and maybe we never will. That's okay. Uh-huh. But I'm going to sing it, and I'm going to try to do like a little Christian punk uh, version of the non-judgment zone of joy and just kind of make it up right now. I can at least maybe do the voice. I am from Southern California. Okay. So and that's so half there, of it. Like that's half like, California, half yeah, English you, accent. You, exactly. It's like the, the dude, uh, T like, I don't know how else to describe Blech. it. 
Yeah. Why? Why? Um. Okay. Uh, non-judgment zone of joy. Here we go. It's the non-judgment zone of joy. The non-judgment zone of joy. We talk about things that bring you joy. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That was all right. Yeah. I mean, that was authentic. I'll give it that. Yeah. That's what and it, that's what it was like, folks. <laughs> if it can't sound good, it should be loud. <laughs> that's right, man. Um, um. Yeah. So, what's bringing you joy right now, Jason? Hmm. Let's see here. Uh, I think the last TV show I watched, TV show, it, it, you mentioned TV, so that's the first thing I'm thinking of. The last TV yeah. show I watched uh, in full was Yellow Jackets, Ooh. Um, which uh, for, for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's basically um, Lost uh, slash... Um, What's that? Oh my god, I'm blanking on that high school English, but uh, Lord of the oh, Flies. Oh, Lord of the Flies. Yeah, it's, ba- okay. it's basically girls soccer, Lord of the Flies. <laughs> this, wow. This, this, this high school girls soccer team goes down in um in the middle of the Canadian wilderness, and it you know descends into a Donner Party type thing, and it's very lost. And there's cults. Hey, we're talking religion. There's hey, they, perfect. They develop their own cult. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that that's the, I think that's the only TV show I've, I've actually finished in. Uh, quite a while but uh i i i love that show oh that's awesome i gotta check that out i've heard so many amazing things about it so many amazing things so i'm definitely gonna check that out jason thank you so much for being here where can people find you like where can they find your stuff online uh i am the jason kirk on twitter for some reason that's the handle i went with uh jason kirk.fyi i have a Substack newsletter uh vacation bible school is the podcast and also <laughs> The shutdown fullcast is my quote fingers college football podcast. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> sometimes ah! we manage to discuss uh, sports. Oh, I can tell you that I let. They were so funny that I let my ten year old listen to the Dad Zasters episodes, and he asks for them every time we get in the car. Nice. And I'm like, there aren't new ones, and he's like, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> like these are so funny that they're great. So I highly recommend Vacation Bible School and the Shutdown Fullcast. Check out JasonKirk.fyi. You're gonna have a novel coming up, and we will definitely promote that in these spaces the best that I know how to do that. Thanks, John. <laughs> Y'all, I could talk to Jason Kirk forever, um, and I just might. And I'll be honest, a little starstruck because he is one of the hosts of my favorite and the internet's only college football podcast, Shutdown Fullcast. But I love what he has to say about uh, about religion, spirituality, God, and the Bible, and the stories from Vacation Bible School that we talk about and everything else. And so check Jason out, linktr.ee slash Jason Kirk. That's his link tree. You can also find him at the Jason Kirk on Twitter, Shutdown Fullcast, Vacation Bible School podcast, and a bunch of other places. So check out what he's doing. And I'm just thankful that he sat down and talked with me. It was a really cool moment. And um, yeah, it's one that I cherish and that I really appreciate. No matter where you are on your spiritual journey, man, I love you and I care about you. And I just want you to know that it's probably, it might be a little hard right now, right? For some of you, you might be thriving and doing a really good job. But I just want to say, like, if you're struggling, reach out. Let me know. You can find me, John, at betterontheinside.com. It's important that people know that you're not alone, that there are people that are there for you. And we have a great community here, the Better on the Inside community. You can find me at Twitter at, at John Pyle. But if you want to join that Better on the Inside community, come to Facebook, facebook.com slash groups slash Better on the Inside. We'll put a link in the show description and everything. But 
man, I love you guys. And I'm, I'm super duper thankful that I get to do this podcast and that God continues to use it certainly to work in me. Hopefully he uses it to work in you too. All right. I love you guys. I'll see you next time.